0: Go okay. well, welcome this morning. It's a real privilege to come and be here and share with you again. We are this morning looking at the subject of work. There we go. And we, as you said, we're doing a series about biblical truths, and it's now on to time about work. Now, I had a little joke with, uh, with Joyce this morning, and she was, and we talk about this. This is a subject I was going to be speaking on. And she was like, Oh, I hope you're not going to be sending me telling me to go back to work anytime soon because I'm not doing it. So but well, I think that's a good introduction about when we think about work, it's very easy to get caught up with a certain idea of what work is. When i um just to tell you about my, my career. I, uh, I work for a very well-known London transport company as an engineer there. And the majority of my work involves going to an office and tapping away at a computer. And it's very easy to think, well, well that's what work is. Work is, is doing what I do. Uh, and actually, I want to kind of help expand our minds a little bit about what work is. So I did some Googling to look at what the definition is. And Google comes back with, uh, it's an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a result. Or it's a task or tasks to be undertaken. So whatever your, so you might not have a job, per se. You might not go up to London and work in an office. But I'm sure you do something that is an activity that achieves a result or you have tasks to undertake. And so when we're talking about work, I want you to think about that and think about your situation. It might be that you, as I said, like me, work in an office. Or it might be that you um, go out and you use your hand and you're a labourer or you're a tradesman. Or it might be that you work in retail and you work in the, the tills or in sales. Or it might be that you're, like some of us, you're retired uh, and you don't have to go uh, to a job per se. Or it might be that you're a stay-at-home uh, parent and your, your, your job is to look after the kids and help, help run the family. Or it might be that you're unemployed. And we could go on and spend 10 minutes talking about all the different types of things there are. But I want you to hopefully get you the idea that work is not just an office or um, having a hammer and a chisel. It's, it's all the, the things that you're involved in. So we're all involved in work. The next thing I want to do, I want to look about God's design. And now if you go right to the very beginning of your Bible in Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that God works. God makes creation. And then he makes man. And do you know the things he got, he got man to do? Uh, it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It said, God took the man and set him down in the garden of Eden to work the ground and keep it in order. And see, so it's part of God's design for us to work. And that God made it like that. And that's what he, he charged Adam to do, to go and do some manual stuff with his hands and also to do some management stuff and make sure everything is kept in order. And I'm sure this would have been really easy and great for Adam to do and it had been perfect and he would have loved it. And of course, what happens... Sin comes along, Adam messes it up, uh, and then this happens. And God says in in verse 17 of chapter 3, The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. It's a bit of encouragement for us this morning. Because work is hard, isn't it? And now, I mean, we've all heard the phrase, uh, If you find a job that you love, you'll never have to work another day in your life. And there is some sort of truth in that statement, but it's not. But the real truth is, is that work is hard at times. Work is difficult, and even if you love your job, there are times when you think, "Well, know what? I've got much better things to be doing than going off to work." Uh, And this, unfortunately, is the result of sin. This is why work is hard. And for those of you who are thinking, "Well, it's quite difficult now, but eventually, when we get to heaven, it'll be easy. I'll be living a life of leisure, hanging out with Jesus and all my all my um, Christian friends." got some uh, some sad news for you because in heaven we're going to be working in there it says if you're reading revelation chapter 22 the very last chapter in the bible it says that when we get to heaven we'll be serving jesus there and we'll be ruling with him as well so you can see it's all part of god's plan and part of purpose uh, sorry designed for us is to be working and i want to draw your attention as well to jesus as we know quite a lot about him when we read the bible uh, but we only really know much about the three years that he um, was involved in the ministry. Um, and Jesus Jesus' life, the first 30 years, it splits down into two areas. The first 12 years is when he was a child. Because in Jewish society and culture, that for, the first, uh, for a boy, uh, the first 12 years you're a child. And once you hit your 30th birthday, that's it, you're a man, and off you go to work. And so, if you look at Jesus' life scale, lifetime, he was hit on earth for 33 years. He spent the majority of that, and it's 18 years, working. And we know that he would have been a carpenter or a builder. And that was his family trade. Uh, and that's what Jesus did for 18 years. And so, the thing we can take from that is that Jesus has been through what you're going through in your work life or in your work situation. That Jesus would have experienced all the highs and lows of working, he would have been um, involved because he was a carpenter and a builder. That he would have uh, had, the, had that satisfaction of doing a really good job and, and making a really nice bit of furniture. He would have experienced the joys of working with people um, that you really get on well with and having fun. And he would experience all the lows of having to work long hours and really hard and difficult times. Um, he would have experienced all the, the, the joys of working with um, customers, of when you get good customers, bad customers. Uh, working with, with people when they annoy you and frustrate you, dealing with, with contracts and money and people who, don't, who pay or don't pay on their work on, and get accused of, um, or, or getting in, in, um, when you do a job and people are unhappy and moaning about you or moaning with you. And we know as well that unfortunately uh, Joseph died at some point and so he would have been the eldest child, he would have taken on the business, he would been involved in running a company and managing people and so we, so really, I'm just saying that Jesus um, has been through it, been through whatever you're going through at work. So really, that's the kind of the basis uh, um, of work. And so I kind of, as I was preparing this, this talk, I was kind of wrestling with it a little bit. And I kind of came, the thing that kind of excited me, I was kind of thinking, well, what is the point of work? Why do we work? Now. I'm sure there are lots of uh, eco socio-economic uh, studies and, and papers written about that, and I've read none of them. This is just my own thoughts, uh, and I think the, the point of work is that firstly we need to do it in order to um, get some money, in order for us to survive. So in order we work partly to meet our, our needs, um, and about, but it's, that's, that's not the only reason why we work. There's much more to it. One, um, work can give us purpose about why we're here, what what we're doing. Work can fulfill us. It can give us a sense of achievement of when we do something. It can help keep us satisfied, that we know that we're using our skills and our talents for a a reason, and that gives us um, a way of us feeling good. It also, work enables us to contribute to society. Um... And we can kind of uh, look at different jobs and assign them different sort of sets of importance. But really, if, society, if nobody worked in society, um, or only did the really important jobs, society wouldn't run, it'd fall apart, it would collapse quite quickly. And so we work to contribute. Uh, and also, we, we like to work because we're involved as part of a community. Now, uh, <clears throat> and so we, we work with, with other people, and we do spend quite a lot of time at work for some of us who are full-time. And it's, if we're part of a good team and we're really all working together to, in order to achieve something, it could be a real sense of, 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 of enjoyment working with other people. But, and I'm sure there are many more um, of those sort of points of, of work and all these different factors. But the trouble is, it's very easy for us to get caught up in these things. And the focus comes all about ourselves and about what we can get out of work and what we receive from it. Because you see, with all these different um, factors in play about work, it, and if we are completely relying on it, it can have a depends of, of how those factors are. It can really have a massive impact on us. So if you're in a job which pays you really well and you work with really great people and you're really valued at work and you get a real sense of uh, achievement out of it, you can feel really good about work you can feel, yes, it's it's great, it's fantastic, I love it. But if any of those factors start to go wrong, that maybe you think, well, I don't get quite paid enough for what I do, Um, the people I work with are really horrible, Um, I don't really see the point of what I'm doing, you can see it all adds in, and we can start to get very negative about our work, and it leads to to frustration and anger, and, and we can just get fed up with it. And of course, this is the problem, because we get so caught up about ourselves, so work becomes all about us. And this is something I have to keep reminding myself work is not about me, not about what I can achieve. Uh, and because sometimes I can look at my work and look at my, um, my career and start thinking about it. And I'm not, I hope I don't come across big headed here. But I think at my work, I have the potential to do quite well. As in, I think I've got some of the attributes you need to progress in the company. I'm quite well respected there. And I think if I really gave myself to my work... there's a a chance that I might end up quite high up in my business and be earning a lot of money and have a lot of um, position. But is that what work is about? Is that why we work? Of course, you're going to know the answer is no to that. Because us as Christians, um, and it's been touched on this morning during worship, that our lives aren't our own anymore. We have given them over to Christ. And it says that we have a new master in him. And so our work should not be, whatever we do, should not be about ourselves. And we should not be looking to get our value from our work and about what we can achieve for our careers. It is about us coming to Christ and serving him as our new master. And it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You see, God's aim when it comes to our work is to work out his, his own purposes in your work situation and your work life, in your career, in whatever you do. And you see, when we focus on Christ, sorry, when we <clears throat> focus on Christ and not ourselves, and we realise that it's all about him and not ourselves, it can really bring us great freedom when it comes to work. Because we don't have to be so tied up in all these different factors about work and about how much value we're getting out because the truth is, as Christians, we need to be getting our value out of Christ and not out of our work. And, and as we, we do this, all those factors become less important to us because it might be in a job that doesn't really fulfil you very much. But if you're there and you know you are, are there for, for Christ to work out his purposes in you, I, it means you can live with that a lot easier than if it was all just about what you're getting out of it. And so it's so important that we, um, we get our hearts right and we get our thinking and attitude right about work. And, and Tim's mentioned in his prayer uh, this morning that we need to be building our life upon Christ and about what he wants and his will and his calling upon our life and not what we uh, want it to be. And so our primary focus of work should be about serving and living for, for Christ as our master. And so, because well, when we look at God's view about work, it can really change our whole thinking about this. Because I've mentioned it um, before, that, we, that different jobs have different importance. And, and the work can say, well, if you're a, a leader of a country or you're in a really important position at work and you have a lot of power, maybe you're a CEO, the world thinks you're great. And we can think like this in, in, as Christians as well, that it's all about what, what we can get. Um, but if you look at God's view, God doesn't care what you do. He doesn't care whether you're a, um, a road sweeper, whether you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, or whether you are a CEO of a billion-dollar company or billion-pound company. Because God's, what God um, is looking for us is about how... Um, we allow God to work in us for our work not how important our job is and again I think in Christian circles it's so easy to get caught up in thinking that what the really important work is is to go and serve God and to go into the ministry that's what I mean by that is to go in the ministry and we are very privileged to have Tim come uh, and work part time for the church and we can think well Tim's more important than everybody else in the room because he works for the Lord Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Tim, but that's not what God thinks. God um, doesn't see Tim as any more important because he works through, uh, directly for the church, um, and it can be, and I think that can really release us when we when we view, we take God's view about um, the work, of us, so the importance of our work, and it enables us to be content in our situations. Kareeda preached a a really good message last week about being content, and and when we allow, we realise that our work is about God and not us, we can be content in it. And it might because we might be doing jobs that is not our dream job. We might be doing something we're stuck at um, on the tills at Tesco's, or we're um, we're at home serving, uh, looking after the kids, and and we can look at ourselves and think, well, I I could I could be doing so much more, and um, and this is not really getting much out of this. Well, when we realise that it's about Christ, we can be content in that situation. And the thing about our work is that if we, if we build our lives upon our own work, it can lead to, um, when things go wrong, can really throw us off and really disrupt our lives. Well, if we build our lives upon Christ, um, it doesn't matter what happens in our work, we know we can stand on him. Now, for the most part in my career, I've worked for my company for 11 years, and I've been very blessed in that, and, I've, and I can say, for 10 of those years, I've really enjoyed working in my company. But there was one year um, that I really hated work, doing my job. Honestly, I really, I used to hate getting up in the mornings and going to work, I used to just dread it. I used to look at everybody else out there and think, oh, love to do their job. Um, and it was really horrible to go through that. But... Looking back at it now, I can see the reason why God took me through that is that with my work up to that point, it had been very comfortable and very easy. And it was something that I had built my life, lo- I would uh, incorporated into my life and it was a, a pillar and a foundation in my life that I could rely on. And God took this, this, having to go through this horrible year, where it really did just almost took over my life, having um, been going through that. And I remember, if you chatted to me for more than about 10 minutes, I'd probably bring up my work situation. I know Alice and my dad got really fed up with me during that time. But God took it through me in order to break down that foundation in my life. And so I wasn't building my life upon my work and my career, but upon him. And so I now know uh, that if, if I go through another difficult time, it might be horrible to go through it, but I know I can rely and trust, them, trust in God, and he'll look, he'll look after me through it. And so uh, we need to make sure we're building on Christ. Because you see that when we take our point of work, not being about ourselves, and what value we can get out of it, and what we can, uh, and the focus is all on us, we can no longer be defined by our work. Because you notice, when we meet new people, within the first five minutes, we, we ask them what they do, don't we? We, defi- we It's very easy to get defined by, by what we do. Um, but when we focus on God, and let his purposes work through us, we know that we are not defined by our work. We can, find, we can be, uh, have our identity in Christ. And so it's not that you're a um, worker in a school. Who happen, uh, so you, you're, yeah, your identity is not a school worker or a stay-at-home person or a retired person or a church pastor. Your identity is Christ. And you can say, well, I'm, I may be those things, but first of all, I'm a Christian who happens to work in a school, who happens to work in a restaurant, who happens to child mind for some friends. And that's what we need to be looking to do, to get our identity in Christ with our work. And you see that through our work, God, part of his purposes for us is that he's looking to glorify himself through you. And so that means that Christ, one of his overall aims is is to um, come and to work himself out in us. And so that we know that when we go through situations, that are tough in our work life or in our home life or wherever we are are working or whatever we do God's called us to do Um, and it's difficult we can know we can hold firm that God is using it to refine us just like when you have those precious metals you have to kind of go through that that um, that whole process of getting rid of the rubbish and you have to kind of take this big lump of, of, of ore and you sort of put it through the process and you burn off all the rubbish and you're left with the precious metals and that is what God is looking to do in our lives. And He will use our work situations to do that. And so don't be upset or don't be uh, frustrated when you're in a tough situation at work. God is using it to glorify Himself in you. So I want to move on a little bit to a bit more of some practical aspects. As you see, that when we work and we, we give our service to the Lord, it says that, um, so it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. And you see that that's what we've got to remember, that we're not working for our, our boss or our um, our company. We're really working for Jesus. And when we do this, it is an act of worship to God. Because we can only really get caught up as Christians think, Well, worship is coming on a Sunday morning, singing some songs, lifting your hands in the air and, and, and all that all that stuff. And it is part of worship. But another part is the work that we do. This is why it's not important what we do so much, but it's about, um, it's about how we do it. And if we're working and saying, well, this piece of work, this report I'm writing, um, I know no one's going to see it, but I'm going to do it for God. God loves that, and God really honours it. Um, I know, I'm sure, some of you who are, um, have kids to look after, and you're sitting there thinking, why am I tidying my kids' room for the 50th time this week? And you can get frustrated with it, but you can know that you're doing that, not just to serve your your kids and your family or your your work you're doing it to honor God and I think when God really loves it when we do it when we treat our work as an act of worship to him and when I was reading up on this I I found a quote from Martin Luther who was um, the reformation leader many uh, hundreds of years ago and he says this he says we can milk the cows for the glory of God and obviously none of us I don't think any of us are farmers here who milk cows but whatever it is you do, you can do it for the glory of God as part of your worship to him. Uh, and the next thing I want to talk about is uh, what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Do you know this? That in your work situation, you are Christ's representative there. You are his ambassador. Now, an ambassador is somebody who is have been given the privilege to represent their country or the kingdom they're part of and they have to go to someone else's country or kingdom and then then there they represent the government or the king of that country they come from. And It's a really privileged position. It's it's something you do. You don't just give it to anybody. You give it to somebody who who deserves the honour, who's worked hard and and shown themselves to, um, to be up to that job. Well, the good news for you this morning, that God has chosen you in your work situation he's put you there as his ambassadors this morning and that's quite a challenge for us I think and it's a real privilege to do it but uh, because when we're there because part of an ambassador's role is they are there to represent where they come from and we coming from Christ's kingdom have got to come and represent Christ in our workplace a work situation and so we need to be demonstrating Christ and we could go now for a list of all the things that we should be looking to demonstrate. And it's quite a long list. I'm not going to do it this morning, though. But I'd encourage you to read your Bible, read what Jesus was like, and we're called because we're encouraged to follow His example. And you can read as well in the letters that the the apostles wrote about some of the gifts of the Spirit and what we as Christians how we should be being and acting. And that is a challenge for us that we need to be like that. Um, I know it says a lot uh, that we should be people who are really hard-working. And this is something uh, that I have struggled with a little bit in the past, is that I'm kind of naturally a little bit lazy. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure some of you probably know that, just a little bit. I mean, even at the beginning, Terry joked with me, didn't he, that, uh, <clears throat> about how hard-working I was. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, at one point in my career, it was, not unknow- it was always not unheard of to find me going to work to basically spend all day chatting to people, looking on the internet, and maybe, just maybe, doing a little tiny little bit of work as well, and then going home again. And really, I don't think that's very honouring to God. That's not really being his representative there, demonstrating Christ-like um, behaviour. And I'm pleased to say, though, this morning, that Christ has been working in me, and I'm no longer like that. I'm a lot more hard-working at work than I was. As I said, and, you can, and I encourage you to go away and read up on it and to know that you're in your in that work situation you've got to show off Christ um, because partly people will look at you and see well, see what you're like and say well what's, what's Jesus like if this person here is, is being really lame at work and being rubbish and arguing with everybody and moaning about people and, and gossiping and they're not really giving the best um, they're not really demonstrating Christ in that place um, I want to then uh, come on to Ephesians Chapter 5 to 6. And it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Now, I don't think anybody here is a slave this morning. I hope not. And I'm pleased to say that we live in a society that doesn't have slaves, or um, for the most part, doesn't have slaves. Um, Well, so obviously, when Paul wrote this letter, uh, back in 2,000 years ago, uh, in the Roman times, there would have been slaves and masters. But obviously, you might not be a slave this morning. But you, I'm sure, you are have somebody over you who's responsible—your line manager, or um, your volunteer manager, or um, or somebody like that. And so we, so if you have to take out the word slaves and put manager in there as well, or oh, sorry, as um, workers, employees, and this encourages us to obey and show respect to our managers. Now, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. That if you have a great manager, it can make the most rubbish job really great to work in. And you can have a rubbish, horrible manager, and you can have the best job ever, and it makes it totally rubbish to, to work in. And now, we don't get to choose our, our managers. Uh, they, um, we just happen to have who they are. So whoever they are, we have to um, follow this and show them respect and fear and work for them, even if they are rubbish and lame. You still have to work really hard for them. And again, I think we really show off Christ when we do this. Um, and again, not just when they're watching, when the boss walks past, you sit there to really hard. But even when they're not work, or to not there, there's um, a bit of a joke at my office that when all the senior managers are out, the kind of joke, oh, you can all go home early because no one's watching. Or if you stay late and no one's there to see it, it's not really worth doing it. But the truth is, as Christians, we should be... Um, when we work, we not so working late when we have to, not just when the big boss is around to look at look at us and try and get some kudos with them. And this is difficult, especially when our, our manager is not very good. Uh, and it goes on. Uh, you skip a few verses to verse nine. It says, "Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't fretten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favourites. Now, some of us here have the privilege to manage people. And I said, I when I was younger, I thought, oh, it's going to be great to manage people. I can't wait to do it. It'll be so much. It was so good. You get to sort of like look after your team and, and do all this. And I tell you what, now I've, I, I've, I've managed people. And I tell you what, it's not like that at all. It's really hard work. It's frustration. It's annoying. It's time-consuming. Um, but even though it, it is all those things sometimes, we it says as as masters, and again, delete the word masters and put in managers. It says treat your employees in the same way. Don't uh, bully them, don't abuse them, don't take advantage of them, but look after them. Treat them like Christ would. Because I think it's a bit of a challenge for us as Christians, is that we should be people who, um, who, are, who people want to work with and want to work for. Um, and that's kind of, I think, quite difficult sometimes, especially when um, it's so easy when people annoy us to let our frustrations get, get the better of us. Um, I think some of you know that I I have the privilege of of managing somebody in my company, and this person's a bit of a character, and he's gone through about six managers already, Uh, and and so my company's deemed me fit to do it, and i tell you what, he he just is so infuriating sometimes, and it's so easy to kind of get quite angry with him and write off quite an angry email, but I don't think that's very Christ-like to do that, and so I have to kind of stop myself and give myself a bit of patience with him and write something a bit nicer to him and say actually you need to work a bit harder on this or that and not let it go through and that's how we should be I think for those of us who are managers and really this morning I want to finish on something else because while we're called to be Christ's representatives it's very easy to kind of hide behind that in work and say well I at work I'm going to show off Christ. And people are going to look at me and see how different I am and they're going to come and ask me and say, wow, Chris, you're so different. What makes you different at work? How can you cope with all these exam papers that have to be sorted out and you don't get upset? Well, and I know I've hidden behind that kind of facade at work and said, well, if I'm just show off Christ, that's good enough. And I want to challenge us this morning. That's, I think we should be doing more. So I've got a prop to show you. See, we are called to be sought. Now, I've got some salt. I've got this. uh, We just bought a new uh, salt and pepper grinder. It's quite a fancy one, this. Now, we are Jesus says that we're to be salt to the world. But the thing about salt, right, is that in this salt shaker, it looks quite nice, doesn't it? You can see it's all quite nice and white. It's got those crystal looks. Especially in this salt shaker, it looks fantastic. But this salt, if it stays in this shaker, in this grinder, is really useless, isn't it? It doesn't do anything. It might sit there for 100 years, but it doesn't have any purpose as it, it also doesn't have any value like this. Of course, its usefulness comes when you start to grind it. Look, I'll have to sweep that up later. You see, because salt is designed, sorry, the, the whole when salt becomes useful is when it interacts with, with our food. And when you put it on your, um, on your chips or in your, um, on, your, on your Sunday roast, that's when it brings the flavour and adds something to it. And so we are called in our workplace to be salt to bring Christ in not just to, to stand there and be there to be, be like Christ but we're called to come bring him in and this means that we need to start interacting with people more and we, it means we need to take up those opportunities to share about Jesus to, to talk about um, the things that Jesus has done in our life to talk about how we have come to faith about how great he is I'm not talking about I'm not encouraging you for one minute to go around just to go on Monday morning have a cup of tea with someone but oh, how was your weekend yeah do you know Christ I tell you my story but I know in my my career God has given me very very many opportunities to share about my faith and I'd love to say I've taken every single one of them but I haven't but I know at times you're talking to people and you just the conversation gets around to and you just think it's an opportunity to just share about Jesus I encourage you guys to do it to, to bring the be the, the salt in, the, in, the, in your workplace and I think another great way, thing we can do is that we can pray for people and offer to pray. I think this is a really easy way of doing this. It's something I've, I've tried to do. Because generally, um, with people, if you chat to them and you get to know them a bit, they'll start to share a little bit about their life. So they might say, oh, so and so in my family is not very well. Or this is, quite a, this is quite difficult in my life at the moment. I mean, I'm sure, unless you know somebody really well, they're probably not going to share their sort of the deepest fears or the things they're really struggling with. But when that opportunity comes, that someone says, "Oh, yeah, my uh, my my granddad's ill, or my dad's ill, or whatever," use it as an opportunity to say, "Well, can I can I pray for you?" And I've thought, I've tried to do that a few times, and you don't. And again, I'm not encouraging you to just kind of go over to them and go right and start sort of praying for them, laying on hands, and right in the office in the situation you're in. Um, but just say, "Can I go, Can I pray for you?" Or can my church pray for you? And I think every time I've asked somebody that, no one's ever said no to me. And I think it's a great way of just, just sharing Jesus with them. And even if people say no, don't get upset about it because they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. And You don't have to, get, don't have to take offence for Jesus. And so take those opportunities because, because one of the things I've kind of hidden behind as well is you, I've kind of said, well, I work in London and all the people I work with, they all live really far away from where I live. And the chance of them coming um, and me being able to kind of bring them to Christ and, and get them part of my church is very slim. But one of the things that that Jesus has been showing me recently is that he takes people on faith journeys. And they don't generally start at step one and then step two is they become a Christian. Generally, there's lots of steps involved. And it might be that with your work colleague or the people that you interact with for your work situations, it might be that they are on that journey to faith. And you are just involved in step number five or step number two. And just you sharing about Christ when the opportunity arises or you praying for them, it helps them move forward and i think this is something we can really take encouragement in in that we don't know what christ is doing in people's lives i think so i would encourage us to bring christ in and so i want to finish this morning just encourage you when it comes to work we need to make sure that we've got our hearts in line with god's heart and that work is not about us and about ourselves; it's about him and letting Christ come in and work his purposes in us. Because I think we'll find there's so much more freedom when it comes to our work when we do that. We'll find ourselves getting less, less frustrated, less angry. And finding that we're able to serve him better in that. And so we are called to be Christ's ambassadors. I've got one more prop to show you. now, There's a very famous advert uh, for this chocolate brand, Ferrero Rocher. And the advert goes, Oh, um, it's, it's what the ambassadors give to people, and it kind of goes. The line is, "Oh, ambassador, you're spoiling us." And so I was thinking this morning as I was preparing, I want to get some Frere roche and I'm going to hand them out after the, at the meeting to, to remind you that that's what we that we have been sent by Christ into our situations. And you might not feel you're qualified. It doesn't matter. Christ is. Christ can can work in you. And so whether you want to eat this, I don't mind. Or whether you want to put it in your desk, or put it in your uh, in your home, or wherever you work or in your work van, or um, or if you're retired, you can put it on your mantelpiece. just to remind you, or you can just eat it, I don't mind, just eat it. (laughs) I don't mind, but it's to remind you that we have been sent by Christ into our our situations. And it's a privilege, and it's a challenge, and it's a responsibility for us to do it. But I think when we do it, we really honour God for it, and it's part of, um, and it's what he wants. And through that, we're going to bring him glory. Amen let's pray Father we thank you Lord it's all part of your design Lord for us to work Lord we're not called to be Lord lazy uh, so and so's who just do the the least amount possible Lord we're called to be people Lord who are are hard working Lord who realise that we don't serve ourselves Lord we serve our master in heaven Lord we serve you and, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that, that truth of that, Lord, we be, would be built into our lives. Lord, And we know, Lord, even Lord, when work, Lord, seems to be lame. It seems to be rubbish. And we find it so difficult. We know, Lord, that we are doing it, Lord, for your glory. And, Lord, help us to, Lord, take hold of that, Lord, and root it into our lives. there be something, Lord, we build it on. Lord, we, don't build our, our, we don't build our lives upon our career, on our own skills, our own, how, it doesn't matter how, Lord, the letters that we have at the end of our name. Lord, we build it upon you. So, Lord, I just pray. I pray for us here now that we would, Lord, take hold of this, Lord, and we would make sure that when we, whatever our situation is, we'd go in. Lord, we'd be bringing, in, Lord, bringing you into that situation. Lord, we'd be sharing you. Lord, we'd be sought, Lord, to the people that we come in contact with. So, Father, Lord, Lord help us. Help us, Lord, to step up to that challenge, Lord. Lord, and be, Lord, your ambassadors, Lord. Amen. 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 Wow. Uh, Chris, do you wanna open those and show them out? I think there should be enough. I hope there's enough to go around. Go on, De- Debbie, do you wanna do the same? Mm-hmm. Well.